Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. How are you today, wife? I'm fantastic. I'm eager and ready to get into this with you again today. We are so glad to have you on this journey here along with us. Mm -hmm. It has been kind of an odd weather week this week for us. I mean, it's been, we had snow just a few days ago, and then now it's back warm again. It's like been 50 degrees. So, well, it is Michigan. We're kind of known uh, for whatever kind of weather you like. You'll get it at some point, usually in eventually. a 24-hour period of time. Yeah, just wait. Yes. So what's new in your life? New in my life? Uh, I just finished my college level ethics course. Mm-hmm. Boom, just like that. So I walked by you a few times while you were uh, in the middle of that course and Yeah, you were intense in it. I'm trying hard to be intense with it. And um, I'm just really excited to have 23 credits done since just the beginning of January. I'm I'm a little proud of myself for for that. It's a lot of credit. Faithful to it and really just been chewing. I have uh, been just impressed by the fire that I see inside Mm. of you to get after it. And because I know you see what the goal is at the end. That's exactly it. When you are so sure of what's waiting at the end of this, you're in a hurry to get there. But at the same time, I'm so convicted. It's very important to do well in these courses because the people waiting for me on the end of it, they deserve my best, not just mediocre. So Father God, be with us today so that we can just enjoy the moment that we're in and also allow us to be fully present in that moment as we learn about you, as we grow in you, as we meet other people, allow us to be present with them, uh, really give them the attention that they deserve. And sometimes the attention that they need just uh, can be something as simple as a hello or just a off the wall little compliment, but it can literally make the difference in somebody's entire trajectory. Mm. Uh, So just give us moments like that and make us aware of those moments when they happen. And uh, I ask this all in your holy name. I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for that. Actually, I, I loved where you went with that prayer and I'm just going to throw in a little add on. Mm, Yeah. If you're a, ever a PS to the something, yes. Okay. Um, and this is more for those who may be listening. If you're out and about and people cross your paths, if a kindness about them crosses your mind, say that out loud, loud, put voice to it and tell them, let them hear it. I think you might be pretty shocked at how mm-hmm. life changing it can be to people when you listen to what it was that was laid on you to say to them. Don't waste that opportunity, but use it to build somebody up and pour some of that Jesus love in them. Everybody needs that. It makes the difference. I remember the other day you were telling me uh, about a compliment that you received as a child from somebody. Mm -hmm. And it was like it made such a profound effect on you. And you detailed out the exact moment, like what you were wearing, what was going on. And I was like, wow, I know that compliment like really had an effect on you. It surprised me, Um, and I know what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. is during a phone call with Mm -hmm. somebody, and we're talking, oh my goodness, almost 40-ish. Yeah, like 38 years ago Mm -hmm. this happened, Mm -hmm. 38 years ago, and I remember 
in the littlest detail, being this little girl looking up to who was our pastor at the time. And he said exactly the right thing to a little girl who was feeling humiliated, self-conscious, embarrassed, Mm -hmm. and had nobody else trying to help her along for whatever reason. And I believe it was God gave him those words and he knew there was that little girl right there in his Mm -hmm. congregation that needed some words of affirmation. It was a fun moment because I could see just how much that really meant to you. So Mm, it did. So cool. You're going to be starting out here in Matthew today. So as always, the text that we're reading out of is listed down below. All right, reading in Matthew 14, starting at verse 22, we're going to do some walking on water. As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. I can completely understand that. I have been out on a sailboat in the middle of Lake Michigan with nobody around I'm telling you, if somebody came walking out to me, I would die a million deaths right there. I so. can imagine. I've seen it out there. Ooh, and when man. you're out in the, if you've never been out in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. or even in the middle of Lake Michigan, like Heidi, but at nighttime, it is dark. It's a darkness that you can't understand unless mm. you've seen it. There is no ambient light out there. There is no discernible lights on you know, on ground because there isn't any within eyesight. It can be really disorienting and it can be a little frightening when you think of what could happen. (laughs) But it would be kind of cool if Jesus would come walking out to me. I'd be like, maybe I'd be like Peter. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter, of course, suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, Call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, saying, This is it. You're the God's son for sure. On return, they beached the boat at Gennesaret. When the people got wind that he was back, they sent out word through the neighborhood and rounded up all the sick who asked for permission to touch the edge of his coat. And whoever touched him was healed. I... Love that. The love of Jesus for people is just coming to life. And he was endlessly patient. He meets people exactly where they're at, whether it's in a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yes, (laughs) yes. Just teaching them to have faith and Mm. to be secure in him. And they still didn't quite understand who he really 
really was. But you got to admire Peter, man. He is all like, I'm He's coming bold. over. Yeah, so. he is bold. I love it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to pick up here in Acts chapter 20, and I'll be starting at verse 13 and reading to the end of the chapter. In the meantime, the rest of us had gone on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we planned to pick up Paul. Paul wanted to walk there and so had made these arrangements earlier. Things went according to plan. We met him in Assos and then took him on board and sailed to Mytilene. The next day we put in the opposite of Chios, Samos a day later, and then Miletus. Paul had decided to bypass Ephesus so that he wouldn't be held up in Asia province. He was in a hurry to get to Jerusalem in time for the Feast of the Pentecost, if at all possible. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus for the leaders of the congregation. When they arrived, he said, You know that from day one of my arrival in Asia, I was with you totally, laying my life on the line, serving the master no matter what, putting up with no end of scheming by Jews who wanted to do me in. I didn't skimp or trim in any way. Every truth and encouragement that could have made a difference to you, you got. I taught you out in public and I taught you in your homes, urging Jews and Greeks alike to a radical life change before God and an equally radical trust in our master Jesus. But there is another urgency before me now. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. I'm completely in the dark about what will happen when I get there. I do know that it won't be any picnic for the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment ahead. But that matters little. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job that the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. And so this is goodbye. You're not going to see me again, nor I you. You whom I have gone among for so long proclaiming the news of God's inaugurated kingdom. I've done my best for you, given you my all, held back nothing of God's will for you. But now it's up to you. Be on your toes, both for yourselves and your congregation of sheep. The Holy Spirit has put you in charge of these people, God's people they are, to guard and protect them. God himself thought that they were worth dying for. I know that as soon as I'm gone, vicious wolves are going to show up and rip into this flock. Men from your very own ranks twisting words so as to seduce disciples into following them instead of Jesus. So stay awake and keep up your guard. Remember these three years I kept at it with you, never letting up, pouring out my heart with you one after another. Now I'm turning you over to God, your marvelous God whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. I've never, as you so well know, had any taste for wealth or fashion. With these bare hands, I took care of my own basic needs and those who worked with me. In everything that I've done, I have demonstrated to you how necessary it is to work on behalf of the weak and not exploit them. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our master said, 
you are far happier giving than getting. Then Paul went down on his knees and all of them kneeling with him and prayed. And then a river of tears, much clinging to Paul, not wanting to let him go. They knew that they would never see him again. He had told them quite plainly, and that pain cut deep. Then, bravely, they walked him down to the ship. And that's the end of chapter 20. I was really moved by that, listening to a goodbye. I am not going to see you again. And his love for them was so evident. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, because he knew that he knew that he knew. I mean the Holy Spirit was preparing him like you're going to have some tough times ahead, but my, you know, my movement is going to move forward and you're going to be a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. I, how many of us are ready to say yes like that? He knew mm-hmm. what he was going mm-hmm. into. He was in a place where he was beloved and he loved them in return. He was so joyful there where he was at. And to willingly say, I have to go and I will not be coming back from this because he knew what was lying ahead. Yeah. Oh, I want to have faith like that. I know. I want I want that. It is. It, it is. is inspiring. But what an emotional thing when you just listen intently and understand what this is. It's the last goodbye. And these are people that he had done life with. I mean, they were meeting in each other's houses. They were going to church. He was teaching them. I mean, they were doing life together and now it was time for him to move on. And we've talked about this already before. Like, you know, we love our church where we go, but, uh, we already know we may be called to go do something else at some point and we're going to have oh, to be okay with that. I immediately had I a, know. I don't <laughs> want to leave my church, but I know I love my church so much. They don't want to see us leave, but they said we will never, ever stand in front of God's calling. Yeah. Oh, no, they've been completely supportive. And I just pray that everybody out there finds a church community or mm-hmm. some type of faith community to do life with because we're not meant to do this stuff alone. I mean, we. Oh, I tried that. Yeah, Didn't work real well. Yeah, the desert isn't a fun place to be all by yourself. No, the devil loves it when he gets you isolated. And it's incredible the amount of things he threw at me out there in that desert because I was just weak because it was only me. Mm-hmm. People aren't meant to go it alone. Plug in, even if it means, you know, just sending a text every now and then. I mean, being somebody's friend doesn't mean like, and you got to do like everything with that person. And now they're going to be right. this huge part of your life. But it does mean just showing up every now and then mm-hmm. and showing that you care, maybe a text or phone call or an email, just something to make somebody laugh. I have a friend of mine that sends me these scriptures every now and then, and it just always inspires conversation. And he's got pictures that he'll send me every now and then from years ago. And Uh, So it's just, it's good to have friends like that because you know they care and they're paying attention and and those are the friends that you know will get you through some of those tough times. Definitely. And one last thing, God, this one's for you. I'm really okay if you have years and years of stuff for us to do at City Church because I'm pretty happy there. So. <laughs> yes. yes, we are. <laughs> so there's my request. But yes. if you want something else, God, I'm saying yes to you now even before I know you do. So. And now for everybody's favorite part. 
All we right. are rewinding back to the Old Testament. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I skimmed through this oh, one. I okay. know there is somebody specific that will mm. listen to this, and there's something in here, and I even know exactly what it is. I don't. I. I don't even know why. I skimmed through it, and I mm-hmm. immediately knew it's this, and there's somebody that is going to need this. So this Perfect. is Psalm 34, and it's titled a David Psalm. When he outwitted Abimelech and got away. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things weren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are full of God. Come, children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait each day to come upon beauty? Guard your tongue from profanity and no more lying through your teeth. Turn your back on sin. Do something good. Embrace peace. Don't let it get away. God keeps his eye on his friends. His ears pick up every moan and groan. God won't put up with rebels. He'll call them from the pack. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. Just like Paul walking on the water, a disciple that got in trouble, God was right there. Yes, he was. That same God's right there for you, this person I'm talking to. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him loses out. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I have, uh, I'm glad that I turned to it to follow along because there's actually a pause. Yay. I know. I really... And don't think because I didn't bust out in sure. open tears, I'm my eyes are a little, little welled up. This moves me. These psalms have just been speaking to my soul in the most beautiful of ways. So this starts here. It says, as you look closely at the beginning of this psalm, you'll find that it doesn't say, I am happy at all times, but I bless God every chance I get. Mm-hmm. These aren't the words of a person whose moods are always ebullient. They're the words of a person who has simply decided to speak a blessing every chance he gets, determined to be ready to give thanks in all things. 
The reason, of course, isn't because he feels great, but because he believes that God is working through all things to bring forth good. Do you think of the Christian life as something that lifts you out of the realm of the mundane into something more majestic? If so, you're wishing in the wrong direction. The Christian faith draws us deeper into the stuff of creation. Bodies, money, emotions, relationships. Some of the stuff that we see is awful. And some of the stuff that we feel is painful. But it is precisely there in the awfulness and the painfulness of life that we discover something that transcends these things. In Psalm 34:18, the psalmist says, If your heart is broken you'll find God right there. The times that the psalmist lived in were not all that different from our own times. Back then, as now, there was a pseudo-theology that explained any kind of misfortune as a sign of divine punishment, whether that punishment was sickness, poverty, disability, or death. The sufferer's recourse was either to avoid the gods or to strike a bargain with them so that they would back off. The ministry of Jesus was the great refutation of this. He deliberately singled out every kind of trouble and initiated a healing ministry to the sick, the guilty, the hungry, and even the dead. The single qualification for being eligible for God's help is that we be in trouble. The reason we're in trouble doesn't matter whether it's our own fault or someone else's. What matters is that God is right there in the midst of our troubles, Mm. stooping to pick up the pieces of our broken hearts to put them back together. Now I had tears and just (laughs) listening to you read that. I've had some conversations with two different people recently who are kind of really going through it. Both of them said that they struggled to believe there was a God or they didn't want to believe there was a God who allowed these things to happen. Mm. And it broke my heart. Yeah. Um, I think there's an understanding in a lot of people that these awful things that happen are directed at God himself to happen to you because of a specific sin or sure. something that happened. I want to tell you that isn't how God works we were given free will we as humans took that and we chose sin that means the results of this world is filled with the results of our having chose sin that was what jesus had to pay for Mm -hmm. it's not what god set on you because you were deserving of it he doesn't look at you that way he looks as you as completely covered because of his son. Jesus understands your suffering. He suffered in every way like any other human. Hang on to that and realize it's God waiting there to deliver you. It's not a God waiting to throw you into it. No, not at all. Not at all. Thank you for that. Yes. (laughs) And now I'm going to be ending today in Exodus chapter 30 and 31. Thanks again for following along. Make an altar for burning incense. Construct it from acacia wood, one and one half feet square and three feet high, with its horns of one piece with it. 
And here we go with the IKEA instructions. Day number oh, three. Oh, if you need some assistance, Ooh, I'll jump man, in and help. But I believe in you. No, no, I've got this. I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> Cover it with a veneer of pure gold, its top, sides, and horns, and make a gold molding around it with two rings of gold beneath the molding. Place the rings on the two opposing sides to serve as holders for the poles, by which it will be carried. Make the poles of acacia wood and cover them with a veneer of gold. Place the altar in front of the curtain that hides the chest of the testimony in front of the atonement cover that is over the testimony where I will meet you. Aaron will burn fragrant incense on it every morning when he polishes the lamps and again in the evening as he prepares the lamps for lighting so that there will always be an incense burning before God generation after generation. But don't burn on this altar any unholy incense or whole burnt offering or grain offering. And don't pour out drink offerings on it. Once a year, Aaron is to purify the altar horns. Using the blood of the absolution offering of atonement, he is to make this atonement every year down through the generations. It is most holy to God. God spoke to Moses. When you take a head count of the Israelites... To keep track of them, all must pay an atonement tax to God for their life at the time of being registered, so that nothing bad will happen because of the registration. Everyone who gets counted is to give a half shekel using the standard sanctuary shekel of a fifth of an ounce to the shekel. A half shekel offering to God. Everyone counted age 20 and up is to make the offering to God. The rich are not to pay more nor the poor less than the half shekel offering to God. The atonement tax for your lives. The rich are not to pay more nor the poor less than the half shekel offering to God. The atonement tax for your lives. Take the atonement tax money from the Israelites and put it to the maintenance of the tent of the meeting. It will be a memorial fund for the Israelites in honor of God. Making atonement for your lives. God spoke to Moses, make a bronze wash basin, make it with a bronze base and place it between the tent of meeting and the altar. Put water in it. Aaron and his sons will wash their hands and feet in it. When they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to serve there or offer gifts of offerings to God, they are to wash so they will not die. They are to wash their hands and their feet so that they will not die. This is the rule forever, for Aaron and his sons down through the generations. God spoke to Moses. Take the best spices, twelve and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, half that much, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cane, twelve and a half pounds of cassia, using the standard sanctuary weight for all of them, and a gallon of olive oil. Make these into a holy anointing oil, a perfumer's skillful blend. Use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the chest of the testimony, the table and all of its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils and the altar of incense, the altar of the whole burnt offerings and all of its utensils, and the wash basin and its base. Dedicate them so that they'll be soaked in holiness, so that anyone who so much as touches them 
will become holy. Then anoint Aaron and his sons. Consecrate them as priests to me. Tell the Israelites, this will be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. Don't pour it on ordinary men. Don't copy this mixture to use for yourselves. It's holy. Keep it holy. Whoever mixes up anything like it or puts on an ordinary person will be exiled. God spoke to Moses. Take fragrant spices, gum, resin, anika, galbanum. Those are all my favorite perfumes. Yeah. (laughs) And add pure frankincense. I know I know that one. Mix the spices in equal proportions to make an aromatic incense, the art of a perfumer, salted and pure, holy. Now crush some of it into a powder and place some of it before the testimony of the tent of meeting, where I will meet with you. It will be for you the holiest of holy places. When you make this incense, you are not to copy the mixture for your own use. It's holy to God. Keep it that way. Whoever copies it for personal use will be excommunicated, God said to Moses. See what I've done. I've personally chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, to the tribe of Judah. I've filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him skill and know-how and expertise in every kind of craft to create designs and work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set gemstones, to carve wood. He is an all-around craftsman. That's a good guy to know. Absolutely. He's probably in high demand with all this. I mean, these instructions. I mean, you needed somebody that knew how to read the <laughs> blueprint. I mean, yeah. and like, where did, they didn't have paper and stuff back then. So like, where were all the, like, did they chisel all of these instructions in well, stone or something? When did they start, when did they use scrolls and in, in that? Who knows? I feel like I should probably I mean, know that. I I think they did use scrolls. This seems like a lot of stuff to I remember. know that they had a tablet of stone, Can too. Can you imagine, but, like, this is like the whisper game where, like, you whisper something in somebody's ear and then the next person does. And then by the time you get to the end, it's like something completely different. Like, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry. We uh, equated that with the whisper game. So I have a feeling your instructions were followed to the absolute they were. We know letter. They were. And there was a specific reason, and we love you for it, God. Not only that, but I've given him Aholayab, son of Ahishamak of the tribe of Dan, to work with him. And to all who have an aptitude for crafts, I've given the skills to make all of these things that I've commanded you. He got some people crafty. Ooh, think they scrapbook? And- yeah. yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. The tent of meeting, the chest of the testimony, and its atonement cover, all of the implements for the tent, the table and its implements, the pure lampstand and all of its implements, the altar of incense, the altar of whole burnt offering, and all of its implements, the wash basin and its base, the official vestments, the holy vestments for Aaron the priest and his sons and the priestly duties, the anointing oil, and the aromatic incense for the holy place. They will make you everything just the way that I've commanded you. God spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, above all, keep my Sabbaths, the sign between me and you generation after generation to keep the knowledge alive that I am the God who makes you holy. 
Keep the Sabbath. It's holy to you. Whoever profanes it will most certainly be put to death. Whoever works on it will be excommunicated from the people. There are six days for work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, pure rest, and holy to God. Anyone who works on the Sabbath will most certainly be put to death. The Israelites will keep the Sabbath, observe Sabbath-keeping down through the generations as a standing covenant. It's a fixed sign between me and the Israelites, yes, because in six days God made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he stopped and took a good, long, deep breath. Mm, Beautiful way to finish Mm. that. I wanted to just let everybody know that we don't take all of this as just some silly, goofy things to laugh about. My takeaway from all of this specific detail is they did not have Jesus yet. Very true. This had to be done as a sign and a seal of God's covenant with them in their worship of an atonement for sins because Jesus had not yet come. When I hear that, I am so thankful to God that that is not required from us. If Jesus had never come, that would still stand. That would That's what God said. Jesus fulfilled it all. Every bit of it pointed to him. Yeah. So I'm very thankful that church services look different for me. He is a God of detail. He cares mm-hmm. about the details. If it was just some willy-nilly worship out in the middle of the desert, I mean, go ahead, throw up a tent, go, you know, just I got get, some pallets yeah, in plywood, for, good you know, enough. Get after it. But God is saying, no, when you come to this place, I want you to know it is different. It is set apart and it is holy. And there were all of these steps and people in place to take care of all of those things. He is a God of details and yes, he cares just as much about the details in your life too. Absolutely. That's my takeaway from it. I, I know sometimes I gloss over a little bit when I look at a an instruction manual or whatever, but I take this instruction manual and what I see in here and how God is laying it all out as a, just a beautiful reminder that he cares about the details in my life. Absolutely. The little things matter just as much as the big things and take it all to God. Take it all. So something that we're going to be doing here fairly soon, uh, we're, and we'll be putting out uh, some stuff on social media about this, but we are just about ready to have somebody read the Bible with us. You mean like a guest is coming a in the house? Guest? No, we actually have the ability to have somebody call in and they could be part of the show. What? Absolutely. This would be kind of fun because it really wouldn't matter where you're at. But if you're interested in that and potentially reading a chapter of the Bible with us and just joining us on the show sometime, drop your name down in the comments and uh, just let us know that you'd be willing to do something like that. It doesn't have to be perfect. I do know how to edit. I screw up every (laughs) once in a while, too, and uh, I have to go back and do a little bit of editing. So um, all we care about is that you have a desire to read God's word and I'll just be part of this. And just jump into this conversation. I can guarantee you 
the version that you hear when it's posted is definitely not the raw version that it's comes out. Not. <laughs> oh man, it's but uh, trust me, you want to be part of the fun. It it's a wonderful time. I really enjoy. Yeah. So enjoy if you've this. been enjoying our podcast, if this is your first time, or if you've listened to all of our episodes so far. Thank you for joining along. And if you're interested in uh, potentially reading a chapter, just drop something down in the comments. I'd be more than happy to put your name on the list. So, Well, I look forward to that happening. We'll see who's out there. Yes. And friends, that's the end of today's journey through the message. Thank you again for joining along today. It really means a lot to both Heidi and I. We are so blessed by this and our prayer is that you are as well. That's the whole reason for doing this. Amen. So have a great rest of the day and we'll see you soon.